Welcome to the Elevate Your Running podcast with Sarah Manderscheid and Austin Myers. We are here to talk about all things running and life to elevate you, not only in training, but also in your personal journey and relationships. We believe in lifting others high and supporting you not just in training, but how to also help you maximize the life you want to live. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to stay up to date on all future episodes and leave a review through the platform in which you're listening. Your support helps us to continue to build a community of like-minded people who strive to elevate their body, mind, and spirit through running. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to episode number 15 of the podcast. We certainly hope that your week is off to an amazing start um, and that you are in pursuit of some big goals. Sarah, how are you doing this week? I'm doing so great. How are you doing, Austin? I'm doing really well. Um, We're doing well. We're marching our way through April and I've got some good feelings about May, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, May is an exciting month. So many awesome things happening. Um, Let's get started with an elevated moment. We have um, a joint elevated moment to share today with you. Um, And it's it's an exciting announcement. Um, So Austin is joining the Elevate Your Running coaching team. And um, I'm very, very excited to have him on board and helping uh, coach new athletes and reach more athletes to up level and elevate their their running and training in life. Yeah, um, it's definitely an exciting um, transition for me to make kind of into the run coaching space. Uh, I feel like this is you know been something that we were you know hoping to be able to do and to partner on, and I'm really excited to join you and all of the great things that you've been doing with your athletes. Because I've gotten to see the community that you have built um, and the support that everyone gives each other and also just the ability um, for the athletes that you coach to progress over time. And that's really the name of the game for us. And uh, that's what I look forward to helping people to do is to progress in their running and to also progress in their life as a result of some of those practices that were implemented. Absolutely. I think... Um, you know, if you're following me on social media, you've probably picked up on the fact that I've been pretty busy. I'm adding a lot of new clients. So it's a lot of fun to add Austin to the team, which allows space to bring in new athletes to help coach them. I also get to mentor Austin a little bit, and that's going to be a lot of fun um, on that side of things, but then to also work together. And like you said, there is an incredible community, um, especially my in-person athletes, the, the athletes in Denver and Boulder and um, the athletes who fly in um, to different races to be part of the community, it's really, really special. It's something, um, you know, I think I was maybe a little too into it and I wasn't really seeing it until I took a team to Fort Collins um, for the spring equinox half in March. And it was so special to see the team together and the energy and the happiness and how they all are very similar um, humans, which is um, fun. Yeah. And- you know, I think that if you're on social media, you may have seen, um, you know, over the years, something that I've noticed is just that like the online coaching space 
has grown so much. Yeah. Um, it's certainly, there's a market for it. And I think the reason there's a market for it is the word that you said, which is mentorship. Mm-hmm. Mentorship is truly invaluable if you are hoping to progress over time. And that may be mentorship in a given profession, um, like, you know, what, how we'll work together with you, um, you know, helping me create plans, work with athletes, these things that, you know, just take experience to, to get better at. Um, so mentorship in that way is invaluable. And then mentorship, uh, or coaching, you know, as we call it towards a goal to have someone there as kind of like a, a third party, because when we, you know, try to go at it alone, uh, we find that, you know, we are certainly hypercritical of what we're doing, but we're also biased. Yeah. So to have that third party there um, to guide us through the process and to, to have some clarity, you know, towards where we're at in the process and, you know, how that looks as we aim to achieve a goal, it's really important. Um, so I'm excited to have you helping me uh, in that way. And then I'm also excited to provide some of that guidance and coaching to athletes. Yeah, it's It's really exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to see how we can grow and how we can impact more lives and uh, build a stronger, bigger community. And it's really fun because, you know, through the first 14 episodes of this podcast, we continuously get back into these themes of, you know, mental strategies, physical strategies for us to be able to optimize um, who we are as athletes and as people and um, and just, you know, becoming as, as great as we can be. And now we get to take some of these things that we've been talking about in the podcast and we get to truly apply that to the business of coaching and mentorship. Um, and I'm excited to see how that works out and see the successes of uh, the athletes who are part of the Elevate Your Running team. Yeah, it's a lot of really exciting things happening, like when the athletes are racing, when they're crushing their training runs, when they're just so happy and so proud of themselves and having that connection with them. So I'm glad that you get to experience that too and be part of the process. And, you know, we're going to make a great team and we're going to build a really awesome community. Um, So I'm excited to have you. Uh, part of Elevate Your Running. Well, I'm certainly thankful that you're you're bringing me on. And I know what we want to do with this episode is not only um, discuss that as an announcement, but also just provide some life training uh, updates for both of us as we set big goals this year. Um, and I think that something that we both believe in as coaches is that if we're going to encourage our athletes to do something we need to be putting those ideas into practice as well. Um, so if we're going to encourage you to set big goals and and work hard towards those goals, we need to be setting those goals as well. And I know we both have those in place for um, the remainder of 2022. So, um, you know, that's something that we definitely want to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, we talk about playing big. We talk about consistency. We talk about shooting your shot and you know, moving or moving through fear, um, all of those concepts we also get to do as humans and as athletes as well. So I'm excited to share about, you know, what we have in store for 2022. Yeah. And we're stronger coaches because we experience these things as well. Oh yeah. Um, And it allows us to provide that guidance to our athletes. Uh, So for me, and we'll, we'll try to work chronologically through the 
the year here. Um, as this episode gets released, I am just under six weeks out from the Buffalo, New York Marathon, which is going to be Sunday, May 29th. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, so I'm excited to, to run on Memorial Day weekend and to run my second marathon. Uh, my first one was this past November in Indianapolis, where I ran a 315. So the goal coming into Buffalo is to set a PR, um, and my primary goal is to run as low as I can in the 30s, 30s something, um, and set the stage for a marathon that we'll get into a little bit later in this episode and hopefully being able to uh, go under three hours in the marathon by the end of 2022. So exciting. Um, so then up next, I'm running the Grandma's Half Marathon in Duluth, Minnesota on June 18th. I'm so excited. Um, about seven to eight weeks out, and it's really exciting because not only is it a smaller race, they also have a marathon, but it's also in a very, very pretty part of Minnesota. So I'm excited for that. It's a smaller race, so there's an exclusivity to it. Um, not everyone gets in to race it, and the course is fast. Yeah. So depending on the weather, which everyone knows I've had you know, some incredible half marathons um, lately in great weather and some really hard marathons in warm weather. So I'm hoping, um, I'm really hoping that this half marathon is my chance to shoot my shot in good weather um, to get under uh, a 90 minute half, which is the goal. Yeah. And it's really exciting. I started workouts just last week or two weeks ago. Um, so I've completed a few track workouts and, you know, I was showing up pretty flat to the Mesa training after Boston. So I took two months off of just easy running and that was so good for the mind, body and soul. And I've now had three workouts, two track workouts, um, a workout in a long run, and I've nailed slash exceeded expectations on pace. So that feels really, really good. And the power of recovery and the yeah. power of slowing down and slowing your roll when things just aren't feeling good. Um, so I'm really excited to train and race a half. I just love that distance. I feel like I can push to my max and be able to hold for 13.1, um, where the marathon distance is a totally different yeah. animal and you can't necessarily do that. Yeah. And you know, we've talked a lot about how exciting half marathon racing is. Um, it's something that we both really enjoy and, and the training of it certainly is exciting as well. So um, I'm really glad that you did place an emphasis on that recovery time that you took, though, because you ran the Boston Marathon and then the Mesa Marathon within four months. Four months, right. So, you know, that's it's a quick turnaround, especially if you really want to have some quality training in between those two marathons. Yeah. Um, and I think that this, you know, the Grandma's Half Marathon is going to be a great opportunity for you to really see where the fitness level is at yeah. because you've allowed that recovery to take place and now it's about focus training, hitting specific goals, exceeding specific goals, and then going out there on race day and doing something that I know uh, is something that you've kind of aspired to achieve for a little bit now, right? Like that sub 90 minute half marathon is a huge benchmark goal for many runners. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to do it. I know I can do it. 
I, my current PR is 131.01 um, that I ran at Houston. It was a tune-up race to Mesa. I was showing up injured. I had Achilles issues and um, and still ran very strong. So I'm excited to see what I can do um, when I'm in just better shape. And I'm seeing it in my recovery runs. I'm seeing it in my heart rate on those easy days it's very it's in the low 130s which is awesome at a pace that is you know pretty typical for me so now I can start to push my easy pace a little bit if I want to I can start to push the workouts a little bit more and it feels really good yeah and all of these are like you know kind of measuring sticks for what we are going to be capable of doing when we get to these um, kind of race day moments um, obviously you know seeing the heart rate lower on easy runs, seeing the pace come to you a little bit easier on some of your interval or threshold workouts, whatever it may be, these are all indicators that we may be ready for a big PR. Yeah. Um, and they're great to see, but they're also, you know, not easily achieved. Like you had to earn that. You had to go through the rest recovery and you had to train really hard for the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And showing up flat for the next four months afterwards, which is not fun for someone who loves to feel like they raced or trained well for a track workout or, you know, I always want to give my best and I want to see the negative splits. I want to see the fast paces like we all do, right? And when you're just continuously in this loop of not being able to get your long run in because of snow or ice and getting just time on feet, which for me doesn't translate well as an athlete. Um, That was really hard. And then also just not being, you know, just not feeling like I know or how I knew I should have felt um, during those workouts. Yeah. Um, So that's the next two races for us. You are, we're looking at like eight weeks out, I believe you said. Yeah. Um, Just under six for me. And, I've, you know, I feel like we're kind of in a similar boat in that, you know, this race is our primary focus, but it's also a tone setter for what we want later in the year. So Absolutely. Um, for you, you are uh, set up for the Chicago Marathon. Do you know the day of that? I know around where it's yeah, at. Yeah, it's October 9th, Sunday, October 9th. Very excited. Um, I'm really excited. I'm calling it my hometown race because I was, uh, I grew up in uh, a beach town on Lake Michigan and Chicago is basically as close as Detroit was for us. So we would always go to Chicago as like a summer little like long run or long weekend, uh, vacation spot. And I'm really excited to go back to quote unquote, my hometown marathon. Um, and it's exciting because you know, I have heard a lot about Chicago and about, you know, obviously the weather there is like, it can be all over the place, but I thought, well, if there's any year that I'm going to run it, it's going to be the year after a very hot and humid year, because what are the chances that it is hot and humid again? Um, so I'm really, really hoping that I finally in my fourth marathon can get good running weather. And I think you know, part of that sub 90 minute half marathon is to bring my marathon time down, right? Everyone knows my my ultimate goal, long-term goal is to run a sub three. And the goal for Chicago is definitely cruising in under 309.59. And how close can I get to three? 
Right. Yeah. And, and that's exactly where I'm at going into this uh, Buffalo Marathon is like, okay, let's see, you know, where we can pace. And really it's, it's about for me, this is only my second marathon um, and you're pretty new to the marathon distance as well. So, you know, we learn so much with every single opportunity that we get to go at 26.2 or even 13.1. So for me, it's like, okay, let's learn ourselves a little bit better out on the course. Yeah. Um, and I've really been trying to refine that thought process with some of my long runs, um, both tapping into, you know, the physical as far as fueling, um, nutrition, pacing, and then also the mental of like, okay, where am I going to go? What is going to be the approach mentally when it does get hard and when you need to continue to hit specific paces? Um, so, you know, for, for both of us, we just want to become better runners, better racers. Um, and that's really what I'm excited about uh, for Buffalo at the end of May is I know, especially for, you know, miles 18 through 26, we're going to learn a lot of valuable things that can then be implemented into my next marathon prep, um, which I've kind of been holding back on announcing up until this point. Um, but I'm extremely excited to say that I'm running the New York City Marathon the first, I'm assuming it's the first, yeah, it has to be the first, the first Saturday, Sunday, excuse me, in November. And the funny part about that is it's November 6th. Mm-hmm. It is a year to the day since I ran Indianapolis. Yes, it's the day after the Indianapolis Marathon. So yep, I'll every be in- year. So first of all, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. And we both get to run majors this fall, which, you know, Boston was last week. And for anyone who is watching or participating in it, it's just, you know, major marathons are just so special and so fun. And I'll be in Indianapolis the day before with a team of athletes racing the half in full. I'm also an ambassador for the program, so it's a, it's an exciting opportunity, and I just love that you're going to be a few states away. I guess I can say that because I'm in the Midwest. Yeah. It feels closer than Colorado. Um, you know, getting ready to run your third marathon. You know, I was I was uh, chatting with an athlete uh, last week about he's running his first marathon and. He loves running, and he's like, but I just don't know if the marathon's for me. And I said, hey, that's okay. Um, you might change your mind after your first one. You might not. That's okay. I wasn't necessarily stoked on the marathon distance after my first one. But what I did was, you know, obviously I beat cute, so I ran Boston as my second marathon. And what happened in that second marathon, and I don't know if it would have happened, whether it was a different marathon or not, but it started this creative process of wanting to figure this out. It is a very tricky distance to figure out. And I am on a mission to figure this out for myself. And it's almost like the next level of running for me because I love half marathons. I have that distance dialed in. I know my body. I know when I need to push and I know what I'm capable of It's still a distance that is very, very exciting for me, but the marathon is like a puzzle and I'm still putting the pieces together on it and I'm really excited to continue running. So Chicago will be my fourth, Boston 23 will be my fifth, and then um, I'm also looking at another major in the fall of 23. So it's a lot of fun to kind of think short-term versus long-term goals and kind of mapping out where you want to be 
Yeah, so much of our lives are problem solving. Yeah. And I think that we learn a great deal from running when we, you know, view it as problem solving. Running as fast, not as fast as you can in terms of a sprint, but pacing as fast as you can so that you can achieve as highly as you um, would like to or are capable of. Doing that for 26.2 miles down the street is not an easy thing to do. Just around the block. <laughs> it is not an easy thing to do. It is a problem and we have to solve it. And I love that you got into the creative side of it yeah. because, you know, as we get closer to my second marathon, I've been reflecting a lot on my first. And, you know, if, if you're somebody who has run uh, multiple marathons, I know you can attest to the fact that the first is unlike any other. Yeah. <laughs> and you are going to get humbled a little bit as you continue forward in the process. Yeah. That's not to say that my first marathon was not hard, um, but I understand that it was certainly a great day to run a marathon. Um, my goal wasn't extremely ambitious, to be honest. I just wanted to go out there, have a great time, and see what I could do, and I did. Um, but I know that as my goals get bigger and as I want to run faster for that 26.2 mile distance, more problems are going to be encountered. Mm -hmm. And I've really been thinking about, you know, how I'm going to handle some of those things. What are some of the problems that could come up when I'm running the Buffalo Marathon? Um, and how am I going to think on my feet? How am I going to solve those problems? And, you know, ideally, uh, we are able to kind of replicate some of those problems in our training. Absolutely. So, you know, some of these bigger long runs, some of these threshold efforts, really finding that that creative space and, you know, that that strength that you need to have to be able to push through those moments and to come out on the other side with hopefully a really great result. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the marathon is so the distance is so great because you don't know. You can control what you can control, right? You can do everything right in training. You never know what's going to happen on course. And, you know, figuring that out along the way is really special. And, you know, it's going to be really cool to see how you adapt to the marathon distance in warmer weather. You had ideal weather at Indy, which was mm -hmm you know, one of the reasons why I want to go with a team and support them, not just with a, it's a fast course, it's flat, but typically the weather is beautiful. It's like low to mid thirties, sunny, yeah. beautiful fall day. New York should be very similar. So you're going to, you know, luck out on that. Um, do you have any idea what the Buffalo marathon weather outlook you know they is? it's funny because obviously memorial day weekend you're a few days from june so the possibilities that you deal with humidity are pretty great um when you look at their website as i pull it up now they actually have the average temperature on there cool and it's not that bad it's i want to say it was mid 50s okay it's a 6 30 a.m start time yeah so that's certainly you know a, a help um, if it ends up being a humid day is to get out there early, try to get it done as early as possible. Um, but that's definitely a consideration that I've had. And it's a problem um, that nobody wants to encounter, but that I'm trying to prepare for the possibility of. Um, as we stand a little bit less than six weeks out, I'm certainly understanding that the opportunities to replicate race day are beginning to come numbered. Mm -hmm. So as I come into uh, a long run this upcoming weekend, my goal is to replicate 
race day that morning and then going into and throughout the run. So I'm going to experiment with fluid intake, nutrition intake, electrolyte intake, and really beginning to implement those things, obviously hoping it works out and that it goes really well. But part of the experimentation process, especially with nutrition, is that it could go wrong. Oh, yeah. But you want it to go wrong before race day. And I certainly want it to go wrong before race day. Um, I hope I figure it out and it doesn't go wrong. But I'm certainly coming into my final few long runs of this prep, especially with the ones where I'm going to have, you know, extended time at marathon pace, coming into it with the mindset that this is my race day and I need to approach it as I want to. Um, come May 29th and you know hopefully we can solidify a plan both pacing wise and nutrition wise that allows me to um, execute to my fullest capacity. Absolutely and one of the things that I love chatting with athletes about and I think we've had this conversation it's like why not set yourself up for success on the long runs especially if you have goal pace work in the long run so you know yes practicing nutrition on easy run days, easy long run days, but then also when you have the goal pace work inside of a long run because the nutrition can change in your stomach when you're running two minutes slower versus race pace or you know maybe it's a minute and a half, whatever. Um, the nutrition can change and there are certain brands out there that I can take when I'm running easy, but not when I'm in marathon pace. Yeah. So um, so definitely practicing that. But then also like wear your race day shoes, right? Don't make the mistake that I made at Boston of putting on, you know, brand new shoes. They had four miles on them. Um, and creating an issue on the course, right? Like you don't want to do that. You also want to practice with your outfit for the day because the last thing you want is something to be uncomfortable with your outfit when you're out there, um, you know, for three, four, maybe five hours. Um, it's a long time to feel uncomfortable. So practice everything. Yeah. Why not? Definitely dialed in. Uh, I was talking to my friend. We were out on um, a run the other day and we were talking about you know, kind of the differences between these long training runs and race day. Yeah. And I think that it's really easy for us to view the long training runs as practice and race day as the championship. But what we're overlooking is that there are games, there are like regular season games, there are early playoff games that precede the championship. You have to earn your right to play in the championship. And that's really the way I view my long runs is, These are critical games that I have to execute if I want to be able to show up to the championship on May 29th or on November 6th and to be able to hopefully, in my own way, win on that day. Absolutely. Like when when it gets hard on the course, you get to think back to the training runs where you were successful and the training runs that didn't go well and how you still pushed through and flowed through it and made it a success. And I think that's really special too. So continuing to show up in training, highlighting those wins, highlighting the hard days, and knowing that you know you did everything that you could to be there. And if you can push through a really tough workout and feel great, or you can push through just a really tough day in general, you can push through the last 10K or flow through the last 10K of a marathon. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. We can all become so much stronger by just being intentional with the daily practices that we get to take. Um, and that's something that we certainly, you know, love talking about on this podcast. And we're going to continue, you know, for me being new to the coaching space and getting to work with the Elevate Your Running community that I look forward to having the opportunity to do with athletes is let's focus on these process oriented wins. Let's find you know, moments of success that we're then going to compound into these big successes yeah. that you see on race day and when you're achieving your goals. Absolutely. It's really um, incredible how many times I'm on coaching calls with athletes and I ask, well, what is your win this week? And they don't know. They don't have anything. And I think, oh, okay, so this is something we act, we get to work on. Let's start to shift our mindset into what can a win look like and being able to recognize it not just when you're on a coaching call with your coach but also when you're in your track workout or when you're in your threshold workout and maybe things just aren't going the way that you want them but still coming through with a win um, to celebrate. Yeah and I I think that you know a, a a mindset that we sometimes fall into as athletes is that we shouldn't take it that seriously because we're not elite athletes but I'm gonna say my favorite saying how you do anything is how you do everything yeah so if I'm able to show up to my training day in and day out and to keep that goal um, at the forefront of my mind for months on end what does that mean that I can do for my professional life for my personal life if I can continue to get better over time, it's going to bleed into all of these other areas of my life. And that's ultimately the goal is I don't just want to be a stronger runner. I want to be a stronger person. And that is where my love from for coaching comes in. Um, I love helping people to see their potential, to manifest their potential, um, and to just you know be able to look back and say, my gosh, look how far I had come. And then to understand that you're looking back, but you're not at the end of the road. You've got a lot farther to go because you can just continue to stack these wins and these practices that help you to fulfill your potential. I love that. It's, it connects back to your why, which is really special. And it's one of the reasons I got into coaching. If I can give the confidence and have athletes see what I see in them, and that confidence is going into all these other areas of their life, it's going to make for a better human, right? And that better human is going to be spilling, it's a domino effect, to all of the people that they touch throughout the day and throughout the week and how they impact others. And if we can just create a little bit more kindness, compassion, and love and good vibes in this world, I mean, that's that's a pretty cool thing. If you can change one life, you can change thousand yeah ten thousand I mean I, I absolutely love that I'm so glad you brought that in because it's so true um, so you know we're looking forward to sharing our journeys toward these goals on this podcast on social media and we're looking forward to you know communi- communicating some of these lessons that we're going to learn and that we've already learned to our athletes through the elevate your running community so uh, we hope that you continue to, to join us along this journey um, and we'll continue to continue sharing. Uh, if you'd like to follow along with us, obviously like, subscribe um, to this podcast, leave a review. It, it definitely helps us to 
expand our reach and to build up this Elevate Your Running community into to something that's really strong and meaningful for so many people. You can also connect with us on social media. You can find me at Austin Myers 12 on Instagram. And Sarah? Yeah, Instagram and Twitter at Sarah, S-A-Y-R-A-H Runs Happy and at Elevate Your Running. Welcome to the team, Austin. I'm so excited to have you um, part of the Elevate Your Running community. And um, if anyone is looking to elevate their running, um, Austin is an amazing coach. And um, let's talk. Yep. All right. (laughs) Everyone have a great week. And uh, let's get a little bit better this week, huh? Yeah.